Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It is now uh, Wednesday, March 2nd. This is the Iowa College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander with me. I got Sam Bassini with me. And uh, we're all living in Tom Crean's world. Matt Norlander, how about that? The homie Tom Crean started the season on the hot seat. Then he lost to Wake Forest, which is a team that's now 14th in the ACC standings. Then he lost to UNLV, which was a team that was so bad it subsequently fired his coach. Then he got blown out on national television. Then he lost James Blackman, his second leading scorer for the season. And now he's an outright Big Ten title holder for the second time in four years. The question's simple, Norlander. Does the Tom Crean statue in Bloomington go inside Assembly Hall or outside Assembly Hall? Do you have a preference, whether it should be inside the building or just outside the building? I don't have a preference, but I do think that that statue should be Tom Crean standing on a ladder, <laughs> cutting down a net. <laughs> would that be the the goat of statues? It really Tom would. Crean standing on a ladder with a pair of scissors. <laughs> yes, that would honestly be the greatest thing. Hey, listen, I mean, you've got a good column up that puts a lot of perspective into that. the The amazing stat is, I mean, you want to say the the two outright titles, and then the previous fifteen years, I, Indiana had one, right? That's true. No, zero. In zero pre- in 15 years. Zero outright. That's why yes. I, I needed, for the sake of the column, I needed Crean to go ahead and get the outright because just I, I can frame it uh, more impressively. Uh, they did win a, a – they shared a title, I want to say, like in 2002 maybe. But uh, in terms of outright titles, before Tom won the outright title in 2013 – it had been 15 years since Indiana had won, or the previous 15 years they had not won a single outright title. So there's that. From an Indiana's perspective, this is very, very rare. 15 years pre-Cream, zero outright titles. He's won two in the last four. For the Big Ten, also rare, because he got this job April 1st, 2008. I got the whole thing memorized now, Norlander. He got the job April 1st, 2008. So this is his eighth season. His first season was 2008-2009. If you just look at the Big Ten, um, through the years that Tom Crean has been at Indiana, the only coach to win multiple outright Big Ten titles in that span is Tom Crean. It's not Tom Izzo. It's not Thad Mata. It's not John Beeline. It's not uh, uh, any of these guys. It is Tom Crean. That is the answer. How many Big Ten coaches have won multiple outright Big Ten titles since the 2008-2009 season? Answer, Tom Crean. Inside or outside Assembly Hall? Um, I think you go outside. I think outside, too, uh, so the commoners can enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Right there, you know, with the football stadium, it's backdropped. Anyone that's been to Bloomington, you got the basketball stadium, big parking lot, football stadium on the other side. Yeah. I think that would be good. Let's hit on Iowa real quick, though, because I know we gave Indiana plenty of time on the previous podcast, and people should really read uh, Parrish's column on CBS right now. Because Iowa, this is now a redux of what happened two years ago when Iowa had a solid team, and then it just completely just fell apart down the stretch. That was the team that, remember, it lost to Tennessee in the first four, and that also like kind of led to this whole Kwanzaa thing where you ended up getting the Cal job. Um, sweet 16 so, coach, Norlander. Right, exactly, Kwanzaa exactly. a sweet 16 coach because of that. He got by Iowa first. And remember, yeah. in all seriousness, um, that's when Fran was going through it a little bit with his with his boy. Yes. Like his boy had been recently diagnosed, just an awful story. And uh, uh, you know, and then suddenly they're playing in the first four, and uh, you know, they, then then Tennessee, you, and then Duke gets upset, which allowed Tennessee to go on through. I believe is the way that worked out. But uh, either way, yeah, continue. Well, listen, it's just that Iowa's pieces, um, I think, should 
are better than what we've seen here, but I always get intrigued by teams that when they get to March, and this usually happens every year with one or two major conference teams that start well, we think, okay, that's going to be a four seed, five seed, six seed kind of team, and then they just get tripped up for whatever reason. It can be a, a varying uh, different different ex excuses if you want to use that word for why it's happened, but clearly, like watching that game last night, like Iowa, some Fran is a good, really good offensive coach, and Iowa's had some really good offensive personnel and teams over the years, and it just it was bizarre to see how inept Iowa looked. Now, I will give you that it made a great run and it rallied and made it interesting late, but it had a bad start. And then at the end, the final four minutes, it was absolutely hideous. So Iowa is spiraling here. I wonder what the league tournament is going to do, because I think some coaches, they really like the conference tournament simply because it breaks up. By the time you get to this point in the season, it, it, there is definitely, if not a monotony, a certain... Um, environment around a season that coaches they are always so happy when march gets there because it's just in time to give their players a change of scenery a different place a pace a sense of uh of urgency and iowa needs that so can they get right in the big 10 tournament and if they do their seed will still be respectable but if they don't i mean this could be a prime prime team to just be in a 6 11 7 10 game and get picked off and be one and done which we never would have thought was possible you know, three, four weeks ago when Iowa was atop the Big Ten standings, Fran was in the running for coach of the year, and Jared Uthoff honestly was a top three, top four player of the year candidate. Norland, they were a lead in the Big Ten. I had them ranked number one in the country in the CBS Sports top 25 and one. Now they can't beat anybody, and they got to go to Michigan this weekend. Like, they could reasonably close with five straight losses in the regular season. Which I think is going to be the case now. Michigan doesn't have Levert. And this was something that in college hoop circles for a good two, three weeks now, we were just kind of waiting for the announcement. Right. I mean, we, we thought it was extremely unlikely that Levert was going to be able to come back. He he can't. His co college career is done. But Michigan is very much right there. First four in, last four out material. And so it's going to be home, senior night, hungry, uh, very eager. Iowa's going to be in a really tough spot there. So it should be it, – it's one of the more intriguing games of the weekend just because of the Michigan factor. And try if it gets the win, I think Michigan will be in no matter what. If it doesn't, the Big Ten tournament is going to take on even more meaning for that program. And then Iowa's just got to right the ship overall. And you mentioned it, Norlander, like uh, Iowa did actually come back and make that close last night. I mean, like it – like, they had a shot to send it to overtime, like an open jump jumper. They missed 11 straight shots last Ooh. night. It was it was frustrating as hell watching that game, not caring who won or lost, but, like, when you watch a game like that and you're, and you're just kind of, like, just sitting there waiting for four minutes for Iowa to do something, and it missed two free throws, and it was just brutal. Here's my question for you. If Indiana would have blown that lead, how quickly would they have torn down the future Tom Crean statue on a ladder with a pair of scissors? Would it have been torn down last night immediately? You know what? No, I don't think you do that because there's still the possibility that uh, they back their way in. Listen, I would have been against it. I'm just saying I'm against a lot of things Indiana fans do, all right? I would have been against it. I'm just saying would it have happened? Two different questions here, Norlander. Ah, uh, man. I don't think – you know what? I, it probably actually – you know what? Pretty fast. Now that, I, now, that I really, <laughs> now that I'm really kind of thinking about your question, I think that's happening pretty fast. Can we just uh, acknowledge the elephant in the room here? Sam is supposed to be on this podcast, but we had to make a – he had to make a call here, and we're trying to get this out to everyone on Wednesday. So um, I don't even know if Sam is Sam, there Sam, are yet. you here yet? Are you here? Sam? Nope. He's still not he's here. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> 
we need to legitimately like record this podcast without him and that was not the intention <laughs> no, um no here's the truth he had to make a phone call like an important phone call like a real phone call and and norlander i was willing to wait i got I'm, i can be patient with sam but norlander was like my baby's sleeping and we gotta get going it's a time bomb situation right so, now so we'll we'll start we'll start the podcast and then sam can just jump in whenever he's ready surely we can carry it for a few minutes and uh as we sit here how many minutes in are we now I don't know, seven, eight, nine minutes. Longest, con- longest phone. Who talks on the phone for that long? <laughs> it's not. Listen, I am not a phone. When it comes to that, like the the nature of the job is, you got to talk on the phone for interviews and all that stuff. So when it comes to work, I don't mind doing it. But with my friends and my wife, it's like in and out in two minutes. I'm uh, just not. I'm just not that kind of guy. I, I can't. I can't. I like especially like your your wife or your husband. Like after a while. Like, what do you have to talk on the phone about? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's really like, hey, what do you want for dinner? Um, what what times uh so and so's soccer practice? Um, that's it. Yeah, that's all there is to talk about. Like, hey, I'm at I'm at the store. Are we out of eggs? <laughs> like that, eggs, eggs, milk, and cheese, absolutely, yeah, and bread without no, a doubt. There's nothing else to talk Idols. about outside of that, is there? No, not really. I mean, you can um, sit, you can sit down like if you happen to be sitting across from each other, like at dinner, and you go. Hey, this Trump thing's pretty wild, isn't it? Like you, you can have that conversation, right. but like in terms of just talking on the phone, what are we talking about? What are we even talking about? Who is Sam talking on the phone to for this long? It's it's a mystery that only he can answer. Um, you want to hit on Wednesday and Thursday games since we're gonna have a Friday podcast? Well, we first thing, well, like, first thing I want to do is go back to last night a little bit because okay. um, Oklahoma won, but what a wild game that was! All right, they're up twenty six points in the first half. Twenty six yeah. points in the first half. Then they're down. To Baylor, like in the final couple of minutes, and ultimately, uh, you know, Buddy got to the rim, and ba- uh, Baylor loses. Oklahoma wins. Senior night um, in Norman is a is a win. Blah blah blah. But they don't look right. Like th- this isn't the same Oklahoma team that was ranked number one in the country. This isn't the same Oklahoma team that was um, seemingly on track. Clearly not the same team that was on track to win the Big Twelve title because, like, I think they're two games back now, or three games back, or whatever. Um, but they don't look right to me, and Buddy doesn't look right to me. Like, you know, he he made the layup at the you know in the final minute, but he, right before that, he missed two wide open three pointers, like wide open. One was in the corner, just missed them. I mean, shots he's been banging home all year long, and that was the eighth straight game that he has missed more shots than he's made. Now that doesn't necessarily mean uh, bad things for a guard. You know, most guards shoot on, but he was shooting better fifty percent for the field for most of this year. And he hasn't shot better than fifty percent in the past eight games. Do you have a sense for Whoa, what's that, happened? He has not shot better than fifty percent the past eight games from the field. That's true. I looked it up That's last night. Great. And which listen, you hey, know, listen. When you're going to be an expert analysis on television, Orlando, you got to know these types of things. Without a doubt. Shout out to the uh, to the PA who got you that stat and doing hero's work there. Shout out um, to Devin Downey. <laughs> shout out to Devin Downey again. The streak remains alive. Um, that is surprising. Now, granted, most players that shoot as many three-pointers as Buddy does and kind of have his role at much, uh, you know, much a much lesser degree uh, shouldn't be expected to have above a 50% clip. But with Buddy was doing, you know, we're seeing a little bit of regression to the mean. I tell you what, though, um, I still – there's something – I wonder how many listeners are kind of with me on this, and I think maybe many won't be. I, I'm still going to trust Oklahoma when it gets to the bracket, I think, because defensively it's still really good. It's definitely taken a downturn in terms of its offense, and the loss at Texas was 
concerning because Texas played so well, and then Texas turned around and got romped on the very same floor by a Kansas team that will be the number one overall seed in the tournament. But with Oklahoma still so dangerous from three, I still trust the backcourt. Not just Buddy, but I think Cousins and Woodard are both capable. They're older players, uh, also reliable three-point shooters, shooting above 42%, 44% on the year. I do like what they have overall. I get the concerns. I don't think Oklahoma, unless it like shows up in the Big 12 tournament in a really bad way, or like has a, just an absolutely hideous game at TCU, which I don't expect to happen, unless Oklahoma does one of those two things, I, I don't see myself shrugging them off before the Elite Eight because I simply... I love Buddy's game too much. I love the personnel too much. And while, of course, they can lose before that, I think I'm pot committed with OU as an Elite Eight team minimally right now, barring some weird matchup that they might get in the Sweet Six. Well, it's interesting. You say, like, uh, you know, Elite Eight. I don't know. How many teams do you actually? Because I was on with Adam Shine yesterday on Time to Shine. You should watch it on CBS Sports Network. Um, and he said, do you trust Villanova? And my, follow- my question was, to, to do what? And he said, make a Final Four. And I said, I don't know that I trust anybody to make a Final Four. Like, is there one team out there? Like, if we had the conversation this time last year, and you said, do you trust anybody to make the Final Four? I said, I trust Kentucky to make the Final Four. Like, I'll be shocked if Kentucky's not in the Final Four. Um, is there anybody that if, it miss, if they missed the Final Four, it would shock you? Is there even anybody, no. if, if they missed the Elite Eight, it would shock you? I don't know that I'd be shocked by anything. No. Uh, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. Sam, it's good to have you here. It's good to have me here. How do you talk on the phone for that long? That's amazing. You're still young, I guess. You can still talk on the phone and stuff. You get you get me and our editor uh, <laughs> on the phone, and it, it just it goes endlessly. Did it I go Did say. it go smoothly? Is everybody on the same page now? Everyone's on the same page now. All we right. we are golden on this one. That's good to hear. Um, I would be a little bit surprised if Kansas didn't make at least the Elite Eight. Okay, hold on. Let me just real quick, um, because you've already talked way too much on this podcast, Sam. Why would you, <laughs> why would you say that? And this All right, is that's kind enough, of a, This Sam. is a devil's advocate. This isn't necessarily my feeling. Why would you say that, given Bill Self's history of having really good teams oh, wow. fail to do just that, reach the Elite Eight? Ooh, he just hit him with the so Bill Self stupid. gut punch. <laughs> um, Bill Self's teams not making runs or whatever is it's a one game sample size and crazy things happen in one game sample sizes. I get that. And that's why realistically you probably should not be super surprised if anyone doesn't make a run. But having said that Kansas, I think is the clear best team in the country right now. They have a top seven offense, top seven defense. They have the best resume by far. By far. Uh, they have experience up and down the roster. They have upside on the bench with Sfee, with, Carlton Bragg with Diallo, if they can get those guys going a little bit late in the season. And, hey, Scalabissier was really good last night, so anything can happen. Um, It's just the most complete team to me by far, really, in the league. They have – or in the country. They have size. They have, you know, quickness. They have defensive ability on the perimeter. They can block shots inside. They rebound. It's – it's hard to find a weakness with that team for me, I would say. And I would be surprised if they didn't at least make the Elite Eight, I guess. It is funny that uh, that is the question Norlander hit you with, because that is, that's to the extent that there's a knock on Bill Self, and I reject it. Just, so I do, do I. too. I'm just, uh, yeah, but that, that is it, because like even Adam Shine, Adam is a, is a Syracuse grad, and he's, he's anti Bill Self in the sense that he thinks Bill Self is overrated. And he and I go back and forth yeah, about this all the on. time. I know. He, he and what I go are back. What are talking about here? I, that's, what I, that's what I'm asking you. And so, um, but like yesterday when we were doing the segment, he said, uh, 
He said, so Bill Self's got his 12th straight Big 12 title. Mr. February has done it again. <laughs> he calls him Mr. February. Uh. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that that's the not, that is, I mean, it, it is funny. Like when people are trying to bang on Self, and at this point, you got to try really hard to bang on Self. I mean, what he's done is amazing. Um, that is it. Like, okay, congratulations. Let's see him go to a Final Four because you'll probably lose in the Sweet 16 with the best team in the country. So um, it, it is, I think it's unfair. I also think it's rooted in silliness because, uh, like Sam said, small sample size, single elimination tournament. What are you going to do? But also, um, he's won a national title. Also, he has a national title. Like, yeah, he it ain't like he's that guy like Beheim was for years without a national title, right? Like he's got one in his back pocket. But people wonder why he doesn't have more. So, like, I do think it's important uh, for him to to at least march this thing to the final four. To your point about the resume, Norlander or Sam, whoever. Um, how about this? I think they've already got a number one seed locked up. In other words, I think they could lose their next game and their first game in the Big 12 tournament, still be a one seed. Is that I, I would go as far as to say that if they beat Iowa State, they have the number one overall seed locked up. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I would go as far as far to say that it's like 95% done. The only way they don't have it locked up is if they lose a game. Like, right. like, like... Uh, like lose out, I guess I should say. I well, think they can lose a game and still have the number one overall seed. I think the only way they don't get the number one overall seed is if they lose two in a row. Yeah, which I, isn't going to happen. Right. No, I think they're locked for one seed no matter what because I think sometimes people forget, like as you get to this point in the season and you start to project, like at most Kansas can only take two more losses. Like you can only lose once in your conference tournament, right? You don't have a bad week next week. You just yeah. you you either you stack good in a power five league, you're gonna get good wins, or you're gonna take a loss. Or, but it's over as soon as you lose. So the worst case scenario has them on Selection Sunday, and it ain't gonna be the worst case scenario. But the worst case scenario has them at twenty six and six with ten top twenty five wins. Like yeah, they're a number one seed. That's for a, sure. that's a one seed for sure. By the way, here's another stat for you, Norlander. Only team in the country right now that has zero losses outside the top fifty, outside of the top twenty-five. There's only <laughs> one. Not true, I don't think. There's only one team. No, 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 not Kansas. Not Kansas. Oh, okay. No, this is a whole new question. Okay. Whole new question. Whole new conversation. Oh, what's the only team in the country that has zero losses outside of the top twenty-five of the RPI right now? Villanova is my guess off the top of my head. No. What would it be? Uh, no loss. Uh, Virginia off the top of my head. No, they've lost to a million teams. Uh, that's right. Uh, Man. Um, You'll never guess it. You ready? No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, Sam, go ahead. I'm then. thinking about this. Go ahead, call Sam's up the RPI like, page. I'm thinking as I scroll through Ken Palm. I have no, I don't have I'm not Ken like. Palm. Keep in mind, it's top it, 25 of the RPI. Top 25 of the Oklahoma? RPI. Is it Oklahoma? Nope. They lost to... Somebody. This is good. They lost to Kansas State. This is a good trivia question. So no losses outside the top twenty-five, and you think it's a hard guess? I don't think Um, you. What you 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 seem to your your answer seems to suggest is hard. Like uh, Oregon? Not Oregon. They've lost uh, some bad ones. Um. Uh man, this is. This is impossible. You you've killed us. You ready? You ready? Yeah. Fire away. No, I don't. Never mind. Go ahead. The correct answer: the only team in the country with zero losses to sub twenty-five RPI teams at this moment. Scott Drew's Baylor Bears. Get out! That is a great stat, and that's pretty Pretty ridiculous. They they've lost to Kansas twice. That's number one Kansas in the RPI. Number four Oregon. They've lost to number five Oklahoma twice. Number 13, West Virginia, 22, Texas A&M, 24, Texas, 25, Texas Tech. 
They've lost a bunch of games, but they have not lost to a single team that is currently outside of the top 25 of the RPI. So if Baylor, just to kind of set the table for the future then here, let's say Baylor, who does Baylor have this weekend? West Virginia. Okay. Is it home or away? It is at home. Okay, so let's say Baylor beats West Virginia at home, uh, but goes one and done in the Big 12 tournament. Okay, something that's clearly conceivable. Even if that happens, let's not be surprised then if we see Baylor on the five line, which might seem high right now, but what Parrish is saying, like the committee will very much look at that stat and value the fact that Baylor has no bad losses, and especially if it tags its season. Assuming that their loss would be against a top 25 RPI team, I don't know how the Big 12 bracket would break. But if that if that continues, that well, could be a Baylor could be the prime team where on Selection Sunday when the bracket's revealed and people are like, how the hell is Baylor a five seed? Well, this would be a big reason why that might happen. Well, you have to also how the understand. hell is Baylor going to be the team that loses to Valparaiso in the tournament know, if well, they're a five seed? In that uh, are you, do you realize what you just set up there? The Drew Drew? The Drew Drew. I know. I, which I, <laughs> I honestly think, like the committee does not, I, I truly believe the committee does not, do that in in almost all cases in terms of storylines just because when you look at the bracket it's inevitable you're going to have stuff right but i actually believe that, that if that if it broke like that they would intentionally not do that to those brothers i think that i, that, it, I think it's cruel to put a family in that situation yeah i think that if that happened they would if if the bracket broke a certain way and they saw that they'd be like listen if we can get any other kind of 12-5 matchup we need to try and do it because yeah. that would it would be amazing but it would be Damn cruel. If brothers end up playing in a Sweet 16, you can't pro- you can't project that. But like in the round of 64, I know this isn't a bracketing principle. <laughs> Maybe it should be brothers can't coach against each other in the round of 64. But like that's awful, man. Because the la- anybody who's got a brother, like the la- all you want is good. At least all I want is good things for your brother, right? And like you, and so. And, but also you want good things for yourself. <laughs> but so you don't want to be put in a position where you, the good thing happening for you is a bad thing for your yeah. brother. Like that's awful, right? It's, yeah. No, and it's not inconceivable by the way that we could have a six eleven situation with Zona and Dayton. Not, and I think that would, they would do the same thing there. Right. Uh, um, with, with the, the Millers against each other. I would say that uh, in, in terms of Baylor finishing with zero losses outside the top 25 of the RPI, some of that will be reliant on Texas and Texas Tech finishing in the top 25 of the RPI. And then, sure. and then also in the Big 12 <clears throat> tournament, like, like I believe like half the teams – like maybe even more than half the teams in the Big 12 are actually in the top 25 of the RPI. So a little bit of this is um, because of the league they play in. It, you know, they 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 have they don't have a lot of opportunities to take sub 25 losses. Uh, but to but the bottom line is the bottom line. They're the only team in the country without a sub 25 RPI loss right now. Sam, you mentioned Scal, uh, 11 points, eight rebounds last night in a win at the O Dome. I think we all know how difficult that is to achieve. <laughs> Um, I think we can all just spell with the notion that the O-Dome is, is Coke Arena Volume 2 or something like that. Sam, is it too late for Scout to win SEC Freshman of the Year? Can he, or can he, can he put himself back in the running with a good performance this weekend? I don't know. I mean, Ben Simmons has, you know, just not led LSU to the NCAA tournament. Hey, so if, you, hey, should... if you want to give awards to guys whose teams have underachieved, then by all means, give it to Ben. Hey, would, is it wrong? I would think I would, I think I'd go Jamal Murray over Ben Simmons. Is that wrong? Oh, are you serious? I might. I might be serious. No, I, I would not do that. Um, ben Simmons is really good at basketball. I, I know that Murray's been awesome in February, but you got to remember, I mean, he was, you know, pretty good instead of just like transcendent for the first two months of the year. Yeah. Like, no, you're right. That matters. You're right. Um, yeah, the, the, the correct answer is Ben Simmons. I'm just saying Jamal Murray's been awesome. No, Jamal Murray's been great. Jamal Murray is going to be a top five, seven pick in the NBA draft. I have him fifth on my board right now. I love Murray. 
Um, he's kind of figured out a way to slow the game down while also finding like little creases and crevices to slash into. And I mean, he's knocking down shots and shooting off bow and arrows after, you know, maybe every five that. minutes. Are you guys on board with the, with the Hunger Games thing? I think. It's, oh, it's, it's my sports. favorite. It's my favorite celebration. I love it. Yeah, I dig it. GP. The Hunger Games thing. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if it's a, it's a West Matthews thing. It's not a Hunger Games. Thing, I know, but, but like, bone you know, the whole. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. She shoots the bone arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's going, he's going Katniss on everyone, and I'm digging <laughs> okay, it. Yeah. I, I, no. did, um, I, I did. Shout Katniss. out to Katniss Everdeen. Shout out to Katniss. I like her. Good God. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Jamal Murray's really good. My favorite uh, three-point celebration used to be russell westbrook like holstering the three-pointers <laughs> yes that was amazing but I, I don't know i think murray might have passed this and it's again it's a west matthews thing from the nba it's kind of been passed down but i, I kind of like it more when murray does it anyway uh, uh in all seriousness did you see something from scal that it, like, i did he yeah. looked so much more confident on uh what was that that was tuesday night nah, compared... well, yeah what's today wednesday yeah it was tuesday night yeah, it was tuesday, yesterday. Night. tuesday night the o-dome Tuesday night at the O-Dome, it's a party. Um, yeah, he looked way more confident. It was the tweak uh, that, you know, all of the Kentucky writers had been talking about all week. This oh magical tweak that John Calipari promised. Um, whatever, guys. Uh, and it was Scal in the starting lineup, and it looked to kind of energize him. He was so much more aggressive in this game than he'd been all season. He was confident. Uh, he didn't look afraid of the ball whenever it came to him. He didn't look afraid of the moment. He looked like he was just out there playing. I kind of think that John Calipari was sandbagging us all year. I, I'm pretty sure that what's happening here is he told Scal to suck for three months. Oh, wow. Told him just mm. go out there and not play well. That seems just then then surprise us in March. That seems like an unlikely scenario, Sam. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not willing to rule it out completely, but it seems like an unlikely. No, I'm uh, joking, uh, but it's he, hey, he was way better. He like, looked like a lottery pick, right? Yeah, and you know what? It could just be one game, right? We go, we'll, we'll get to this weekend, and he's he right back to doing what he was doing. But um, it is it's LSU Kentucky this weekend, right? Yes. Is, yeah. True. So we get another Simmons uh, Labissier. It's obviously not what like if we'd have talked about this in the preseason, we would have been saying, "Ooh, could be the top two picks in the draft and uh, final weekend of the regular season." So we ain't talking about it like that anymore. But still, they'll be on the same court. Um, I believe it's a. I think that's a CBS game, right? I believe it is. So you can watch it on America's most watch network. It's the network of stars. That's CBS. Let's get out of here, but look ahead for just a moment. Uh, big game on Thursday night, California at Arizona. The Cal Bears are rolling. The previously mentioned Conzo Martin um, has got this team now ranked in the top 25. How about this? So I had to turn in, I don't know whether it was a Wooden or a Naismith, but one of those lists, right? And when sure. I tell you, and I think this one was actually 15 players, 15 players to turn in. I had to do it Monday. And when I started, I got the Jalen Brown pretty quick. Like he belongs on those lists now, doesn't he? Yeah, no, 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 Matt. Where do you have him on the freshman watch right now? Because uh, I noticed this too. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yes, that's insane. Go look at what he's been doing. He is. Oh, awesome. I, I've seen what he's been doing. He, I, trust me, I, I track and I watch. And no, he's been really, really good. You need to turn uh, off the Hunger Games and start watching Jalen Brown, dog. Jalen no. Brown's probably been better than like Henry Ellenson for the last. Uh, few weeks. Shout out to Sam who thought that Ivan Rab was doing better than Jalen Brown three weeks ago. Oh, so now wow. suddenly, uh, three weeks <laughs> he span, Jalen Brown has become like a, month a top ago, five he was freshman. Better. Like, a month ago, he was better than Jalen Brown, but now he's not. I think yeah, I know, but Jaylen, he's it not. is the totality of a season, and Jalen Brown sucked for the first two months of the season. So I'm not going to totally. Oh no, no, he didn't. Ooh. He didn't suck. Ooh. He was just. 
solid. Like he was a solid freshman that was averaging like, like 15 points a game instead of 19 or whatever on efficiency. Yeah, he's also, like, I mean, listen, he's, he's good, but let's not make him suddenly into a top, you know, 10 player in college basketball. On the I season. don't know. I don't think I would put him on a wooden watch list. I'll say that. I, well, I, I put him on a top 15. So I don't know if he's a top 10, but I, he was definitely on my top 15. Used to like, uh, right. putting up huge numbers, playing well down the stretch for a top 25 team. Like that's the kind of stuff I look for. Yeah. Here's my quick thought on Cal. Uh, I love Jalen Brown's game. I've always loved his game. I think he's an awesome player to watch. And I think that's a very fun team. Um, he has been a huge factor, but let's not disregard the fact that I don't think we would be talking about Jalen Brown in this capacity if they did not have Ty Wallace back. I think that also leads a lot to what they've been doing. And Cal, yes, in terms of talent, it is a top three, top four team in the country in terms of pure raw talent. It is way up there. To me, it is uh, a team that I know that whatever I do with them in the tournament, they're going to go the other way. If I pick them to reach the Sweet 16, they're going to get upset in the first round. If I think they're going to lose, you know, in the first round, they're going to make a run to the Elite Eight. They are uh, very fun to watch, but I think that they have wild variants in terms of what's going to be coming. Just tell in part because they're young. Um, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Tell me, the eight, tell me the eight freshmen who are having better years than Jalen Brown, Norlander. Who's I mean, the dude from Eastern Michigan you have ahead of Jalen Brown right oh my now? God. Yeah, who's shooting 70%. Who's shooting – check oh check his numbers. Shooting 70% from the field and did just as well against big school teams. Like, I if don't – If you put Jalen Brown in the MAC, can you imagine putting Jalen Brown in the MAC? Oh, that would be that would be amazing. But guess what? That's not the reality. Jalen Brown ain't in the MAC. So I judge it on what he is, not he, what he is. He's averaging like 16 points a game and balling out for a top 25 team. That's great. The dude from Eastern Michigan's the only player <laughs> dude, in the country. We don't even know his name. We don't even James know. James Thompson the fourth. I just dropped it on you. Be James, ready. James Thompson the fourth is right there of Jalen Brown. Shout let me, out. Let me look James at this dude. Thompson, you you better. You better hope I don't start doing a poll attacks on your freshman of the week you can list. Bring it. Bring it, my friend. I'll Absolutely you. bring it. That out. I still have your boy Dedrick Lawson in the top ten frosh watch because even yeah, though Memphis sucks, he keeps putting up big numbers he's good it's crazy he, to have him uh, but he ain't jalen brown yeah he's not having right. a better season than jalen brown i'm not saying that he is jalen brown but it's a season-long watch and it's a week-by-week thing and it's a cleft thing within the season what time are we at gp we said 25 <laughs> minutes yeah but then we realized where you have jalen brown ranked among freshmen yeah. <laughs> gp let's let's move on from jalen brown did you put dylan brooks ahead of jalen brown or no gp you joe me Yes, on your in your wooden no, watch list. Or no, whatever. no, 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 no. Because Dylan Brooks should probably be out of Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is averaging 16 points and six rebounds for a top 25 team. Yeah, I think Dylan Brooks is doing the same thing for a top 10 team. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dylan Brooks is averaging 17, hey, six, and three. Th- for this a top is 10 this team. is my larger point. Regardless of where Norlander has anybody on any list, Jalen Brown has sort of gone from really talented freshman on a team that's been disappointing to one of the best players in the country on one of the hottest teams in the country. I agree with that. Yeah. That's fair. That's my point. Is that a reason you, you accept that point, Norlander? I accept it, and it's very reasonable. Okay, Sam, while you were on mute, we decided um, that we're going to put the Tom Crean statue outside of Assembly Hall, but it's going to be Stomp Crean. This is a great statue. Did Stan- you say Stomp Crean? No. As in, like, it's going to be him stomping, like, no, no, angrily? No, 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 it's Tom Crean. <laughs> I might have just misspoke. It's going to be Tom Crean on a ladder with a pair of scissors. That's the statue. <laughs> oh my God. How good is that? Please. Would that please, be the, Indiana. Would that be please, the best Maryland, statue come through once. ever? Would it be the best statue ever? It would yes. really be the... Tom Crean on a ladder holding a pair of scissors? 
Oh my god, I hope Maryland comes through so much next weekend. All right. This weekend. Let's get out of here. Remember, you can subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast on iTunes. That is the quickest way to get your hands on the latest episode. So you should do that, and we will talk to you again on Friday. Shout out to Calvin Nash. Shout out to Devin Downey. Take care of yourself.